The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to Jesus, The owner will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce of the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the dominion of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of it. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest Jesus, but they feared the crowds because the people regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. I can't say that I know their songs or have listened to them, but it's fun to say the name of the group. Gladys Knight and the Pips. And listen to words from one of their songs. I've really got to use my imagination to think of good reasons to keep on keeping on. Got to make the best of a bad situation. Ever since that day, I woke up and found that you were gone. Sounds to me like St. Paul when he writes, I press on. Forgetting the past, I strain toward what lies ahead. Well, there are plenty of bad situations to name, right? One of my colleagues said that her husband told her not to look at the news last Monday when she woke up and was looking forward to a day off. He said, just wake up first. Whether mass shootings that keep on going or hurricanes, whether political gridlock or ever-widening partisan divide, whether incompetency or problems too complex to contemplate, it can be hard to press on, to keep on keeping on. So we're told that if we brand ourselves the right way, if we achieve success or a good reputation, if we have a stellar resume and money for retirement, then 
we will be secure. We almost wince when we hear St. Paul tell about how confident in the flesh he is, almost brag about how super religious he was. He had every reason to be confident, he says, devout to a T, even blameless, to quote him. Yet from that internal struggle, he discovers that he is made righteous in the eyes of God, not because of reputation or religiosity, but because of faith in Christ. Compared to dying and rising with Christ, everything else is, well, rubbish. And the Greek here suggests a four-letter word that doesn't pass the PG-13 requirement for sermons. But let's just say it starts with an S. That's what the word really means. Paul, then, simply presses on. Or as we use October to think so much this year about Martin Luther, we can remember the story of him, the anguished Martin Luther, trying so hard to find a merciful God, overwhelmed by sin and guilt, afraid of judgment and damnation. Luther is stuck, unable to keep on keeping on. Now remember, at that time, religion was a transaction. Buy an indulgence, get into heaven, and of course support the building of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Thus the famous quote, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Yet Luther, as we know, found solace in the words of Paul that all his religious devotion, all his good works, important as they are, and they are, do not make us righteous, do not justify us in the eyes of God, do not save us. Rather, we press on in worship and service, not to affect God, but as a response to God's unconditional acceptance of us. Sharing in Christ dying and rising, to quote Paul, is what propels us, what keeps us keeping on, and sometimes learning from our losses and getting up in the morning and doing it again is all we have. So this last week also had the death of singer and songwriter Tom Petty. Some of you may know that in 1987, someone tried to burn down Petty's house in Los Angeles with him and his family inside. They lost everything, but survived. And one of his most famous songs is really about pressing on. No, I won't back down. You can stand me at the gates of hell, and I'll keep this world from dragging me down. Gonna stand my ground. I got just one life in a world that keeps pushing me around, but I'll stand my ground. Sounds a little bit like Martin Luther's Here I Stand. Which brings us to well, the very difficult parable we have this morning from Jesus. Filled with violence, filled with the killing of the air. You can almost sense God's grief, as we heard in Isaiah, 
The vineyard produced wild grapes. Rather than justice, there was bloodshed. And you wonder how God looks today on the violence, the abuse of the earth, the abuse of one another. So whether the vineyard is Israel, as Matthew would likely have meant it, and with that, the problem for us of anti-Semitism, or whether the vineyard is the church, the vineyard is the earth, or the vineyard is our little corner of the world. Either way, the vineyard is given away to a people who will produce the fruits. And where does that leave us as we simply try to keep on keeping on? For Lutherans, of course, the good news is we press on even through difficult texts like this because we read the Bible through the eyes of God's mercy and compassion. Or in grace language, it's not about being good enough, it's not about being religious enough, it's not about being holy enough, it's not about finding God, making a deal with God, getting to God, rather it's about being found, receiving that good news every day that God accepts you as you are and then calls you to be more than you can imagine. Luther agonized over his worthiness. But I wonder if we today anguish over being accepted. Last month, I saw a new musical called Trevor. It is about a 13-year-old boy who's obsessed with Diana Ross. Now, Trevor is just being himself as the musical begins. And that means jazz hands, dance moves, exaggerated mannerisms, and gym class cluelessness. Not to mention he has a crush on one of the football players. Now adolescence is hard on all of us, right? But this is 1981. This is before anti-bullying and gender diversity workshops. The kids in Trevor's high school have only two ways of categorizing people, normal and weird. And Trevor is weird. And Trevor is different and probably a pervert, as his classmates suspect. When Trevor's diary is seized and read by his classmates, he is humiliated beyond words, tries to end his life, loses his zest for life and simply has no desire to keep on keeping on. Now he does meet a kindred soul in a later scene and that's what gives him hope. Trevor stirred up a lot in me as I remembered my childhood, my adolescence, as I'm sure it would for you too. In the program, many of the cast members wrote about how they related to Trevor being different, being bullied, simply trying to fit into the world. And as adults, many of us are still trying to be who we really are, not living someone else's life, but our own, accepting that we are accepted. 
musical is based on a short film called Trevor that was made in 1994. It was part of the Trevor Project that included a national crisis intervention and suicide prevention lifeline for LGBTQ youth. It's because of God's unconditional acceptance that we stand our ground. All of us children of God, all of us created in God's image, all of us welcomed in the waters of mercy, all of us honored at this table with dignity. Sometimes it takes imagination to make the best of a bad situation, as Gladys sang. But that's why we come together, to let God lift us up and to lift one another up, and then to press on to press on to a future in which God promises to be faithful. Because here's the thing, God keeps on keeping on. And that is our hope.